Hello and welcome to Louisa TV. The theme for this week is future memories. It's a subject I'm absolutely passionate about and some of you may have heard me already talk about this. With my experiences of future memories, it's often made me really curious and I ask myself the question, Has fate, are fate and free will the same thing? I truly believe that Everything is happening right now in the infinite now and past, present and future has already occurred. I truly believe that we do create our reality based on our thoughts and actions. This might not make sense to you. Lots of things don't make sense to me, but I've realized if we've sometimes pushed the mind aside and listen with our heart and lead with our heart, we're able to open ourselves up to infinite possibilities and probabilities and doorways and timelines and portals that are readily available to us. So I'd like to share my experiences with you. So what are future memories? Well, future memories in my experiences are a lived experience. And I've realized more and more that I'm actually living them right now. They're not a premonition. They're not a whimsical fancy. They're very, very real. Sometimes almost realer than my current consciousness as Louisa that I'm talking to you now. They're not a past life. I've lived many of those, but the Louisa, the consciousness that I recognize as myself, is in these future memories. I'm experiencing this. Again, I say I truly believe that the past, present and future has already happened. I don't believe time is linear as we have been taught to believe. Your birth is at some place in space-time and your eventual death is a place in space-time that will occur. If, if we look above from the universe and we look at our lives they are just pinpoints in space time and we only perceive them as linear through our consciousness and what we've been taught to believe but I ask you the question if you can remember your past why can't you remember your future so my future memories first occurred in 2018 which was quite a while ago now and I was thinking about what, how I was going to explain it today. They come as visual images in my mind, much like a movie, but very, very real. And it first happened when I was walking through a very large park. I wasn't thinking about too much. I was really appreciating the beautiful large ficus fig trees. And I think I was listening to music. And all of a sudden I was transported to a car I knew the car was black. We were traveling very fast. It was dark outside and I looked ahead. It looked like a highway and I could see the car lights shining on the road. And I looked to my left and I saw a man driving the car and I thought, oh my God, <laughs> I'm being abducted. It was that real. What I wanted to say also is in, in this reality, this future reality, which is happening now, is that even though it might have only occurred as Louisa for one to two minutes, sometimes these experiences went on for hours and days. And then I came back and I continued walking. And this happened for a period of six or seven months. I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I did it, 
but it was so very real. And each time I'd be transported to this car, the car was black, always the same man in the car. But you have to understand that I was the consciousness of Louisa. I was the soul of the Louisa. I was the energetic body of Louisa. And the man that was in the car was an energetic body. I would not have known his name. I would not have recognized him physically in this current reality or current life. But it was so very real. And I remember details, small details, looking out the window and seeing the light on the trees as we moved very fast in the car. We'd always drive for very long periods of time, hours and hours. Sometimes we'd talk or we'd telepathically talk once we held hands. I remember once there was classical music and I started to enjoy myself and I got to know this man, this energetic body and we like to assign names to people. And I called this man Edward, knowing that his name would never be Edward, but we do like to assign names to guides or things. And this continued again for six, seven months. And eventually we arrived at a house. And for the next six, seven, eight months, I traveled to this house. Again, I couldn't will myself to do it. It would happen when I was when my mind was clear, when I wasn't thinking about things, I could be sending the email or walking. And for some reason, <laughs> don't ask me why I positioned myself in a cupboard in the house on the second floor. But I could see through the whole house. I could see details in the house. I could see the light coming in through the windows. It was very, very real. It, 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 I liken it to, you know, those movies where, you see soldiers walking at night with the infrared cameras. It was similar to that. So I could see energetic bodies. I could see people in the house. And I saw this man over and over again. It kept playing every time I was transported to this house. He'd be opening all the cupboards, looking for me and calling me. And, and I couldn't, I tried to call out to him, but he didn't hear me. He didn't recognize me. Again, this man I called Edward was an energetic body. I knew he was a male and he was energy. He was consciousness. But at the same time, I knew he was very, very real. So eventually, one day I was positioned high in the cupboard as my soul, still able to travel throughout the whole house. And Edward walked into the cupboard and looked at me. And we saw each other and we locked eyes. Well, if souls or consciousness could lock eyes, we did. And from that point on, I knew that I would find Edward in my reality as Louisa. Someday in what we term as the future, even though it was happening right now. From after that moment, once we'd locked eyes, every time I was taken back to the house, Edward would be sleeping, always sleeping and I'd go to Edward and I don't know why I did this. I was just compelled to do it. I did it. I would kiss him on the cheek and I'd say, Edward, come and find me. He was still asleep and I'd curl up to him and, and go to sleep. This happened again, random times. I, I couldn't will myself to do this over a period of, again, six, seven or eight months. And I realized now that I'd become familiar with this any energy, this vibration of this person. I'm still trying to work out in the whole bigger picture of why, but it's opened me up to multidimensionality and 
doors of consciousness and portals of timelines that strange things have happened that I'll talk about in another episode, but somehow our worlds have collided. So in May 2020, I received an email from a man, and I want to say thank you to all of you who send me beautiful emails, and I answer all of them if I can, and some of you I correspond quite frequently with, and I, I thank you so much, and you know who you are. <laughs> so I received an email from a man saying, I have a story I'd like to tell you. Uh, can we meet on Zoom in a week? And um, perhaps I can help you with your quest. And I thought about it and I thought, how rude. I'm, I'm not on a quest. Do I look like I'm on kind of a quest? And uh, I'm too busy to meet you on Zoom. But then I believe in synchronicities. And that day I had done an interview with Diana Durham, the quest for the Holy Grail. And the quest for the Holy Grail is the quest for the meaning of, of it all, the golden chalice, the completeness of universal truths, which is love, the fundamental truth of love. And I decided to meet on Zoom. So I agreed to meet him on Zoom a week later. That night, I didn't sleep all night. And I woke up the next morning and I thought, what's wrong with you, Louisa? And I thought, well, maybe I shouldn't meet him, maybe. Maybe he's a negative person. Maybe there's something wrong. And I asked all these questions. I asked my guides the questions or higher self, higher consciousness, call it what you will. And sometimes I'm a bit slow and they actually give me the question to ask. And I asked the, the most stupid question of all. And I said, is this man Edward? And the answer came back as yes. And I still remember saying, oh, my God, it can't be Edward. I'm not ready for this. And of course, I always ask for validation. And yes, sometimes I don't trust myself. And I asked about another 20 or 30 times and it kept coming back as yes. That week, I hardly slept or ate all week. And the day of our Zoom planned Zoom meeting that morning, I woke up and I was given a message by his soul. And his soul said, you have to tell this man about Edward. And I said, I can't do that. He's going to think I'm absolutely crazy and weird and cuckoo. I can't tell him I've been talking to his soul for the last year and a half and that I knew his vibration after the next night. And I just knew it was him. And they said, Louisa, you, his soul said, Louisa, it's up to you, but you've got a choice to choose love or fear. And I thought all that day, I remember sitting at the beach that afternoon before our Zoom meeting that evening, and I was sitting on the beach contemplating a nervous wreck, and I thought, how can I do this? I, I call myself the passion ambassador. I preach this. How can I not speak my truth? And it doesn't matter what he was to say. He doesn't, it doesn't matter if he thought I was crazy. This is what I truly believe. This is reality to me. This is my truth. And I don't know how it happened. I don't know how I achieved it, but it has happened. And I decided to choose love. So we had the conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I said, this is going to sound really weird, but I've got something to tell you. And I told him. And he actually said, that's the most amazing thing anyone's ever said to me. And if, I, if we could meet, we would. But due to the current climate, the global climate, there's strict international travel restrictions so we actually haven't met 
during this whole period, which has made me realize more and more everything is happening in the infinite now. A few weeks after first meeting Edward and we do speak on the phone all the time. I realize that everything is happening in divine timing. If we didn't have this time to get to know each other as friends and we are really good friends. He's kind of like one of my best friends. I might've run, you wouldn't know this about me but it's quite hard to get to know me. I, I don't trust people that well and it's kind of easy to speak pieces of your heart over the phone than in person. So a few weeks after this, I, I did have an incredible experience and I now know what it is like pre-coming into our humanness, pre-birth. Edward is four years older than me and I did not know this at the time. I had this vision and it was very, very clear. When these things happen to me, I know it's not just a thought, wishful thinking, because it's so, so clear. There's a different vibration to it. And I had this vision, we were sitting in a dark, infinite void. And people have talked about this in their near-death experiences as it's a first place they go to, almost like a resting place. And everything was expansive, but we could still see, well, we didn't have eyes, we were two consciousnesses, two souls. But I remember us, and it's hard sometimes to put these experiences into words. We were talking like children and laughing and giggling. And Edward kissed me on the cheek and he said, come and find me. And then he jumped. And I know now how excited we are to come to this earthly realm in our humanness. He was so excited. And the next thing I know that he, I, I was above his, the hospital bed watching his birth. And I do know that I was his guide or spirit guide for the first three years of his life, because I don't remember much after that period, but I do remember when he was three years old, I was preparing to go into a womb to be born and something happened to Edward. And I came out of a different reality or a realm and I went to see if he was okay and I was angry. Well, I wasn't angry, I was concerned that his guides wouldn't be able to take care of him seeing that he was still alive in his humanness and I was about to come into humanness, I decided to go back to the womb. My mother had many miscarriages before she had me and I now realise that I was given the choice to come back, to return to my humanness. There's always a choice. Well, obviously I chose to because I'm here talking to you if this is reality. And here I am. And I asked Edward this, I said, you know, I'm just wondering, when you were a baby, when you were three years old, when you were a child, did you nearly die? And he said, yes, I did. And I thought, oh my God, now I'm going to have to tell you another weird, bizarre, utterly true story. <laughs> so something happened to me three weeks ago and it made me understand what it's like to be a consciousness. Again, Edward is four years older than me. And I had a very real vision that was happening now. It was so clear and they're different from wishful thinkings. This was very, very real. I won't go into great detail about it now. I'll save that for another episode. But Edward was a baby, three to six months old. And I don't know his exact age. He wasn't crawling yet. And 
he was unhappy for some reason. And I understand now how the veil closes. We call it the veil, the unremembering of the essence, the wholeness of who we are. Eloisa was still my wholeness. I was a soul. I was an energetic being. I was consciousness. And I remember looking over his cot and it was the last time he would be able to communicate with me. I knew this. Prior to that, we could have open communication, but the veil had closed. I, I liken it a bit to having a family member with Alzheimer's or dementia. You know that soon they'll forget who they are. The other thing I've realized briefly is about earth energies. And I'm really interested at something else I'm passionate about now. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm digressing here, but I realize now we can't transport ourselves anywhere unless we know the vibration of the person or the place. We can't experience that unless we have known them before or in the future. If we can't travel to a place, unless we've been there in the past or in the, in the future. So they're my interesting future memories and past memories that are really all happening right now. Again, it's like a mental time travel and you all have this capability. Sometimes when you open your heart more and believe in the nonsensical and if you believe in magic, then you can bring miracles into form. I've learned from all these experiences to trust and surrender to a vision that I can't fully see, knowing that the universe is always working out for me and this is my ultimate freedom. I've learned that great changes can happen in our life with joy as opposed to suffering and I always choose joy from now on. I also know that we do create our reality based on the actions and thoughts we choose right now, right now. One of the purposes of life is fun and hey, you've got to play, but the fundamental meaning of it all is love. We come from love and through the joys and sorrows of life, we will eventually return to love. And in each moment, we have the opportunity through connection, primarily the connection with ourselves and the connection with others to explore greater depths of love. So I hope you enjoyed my experiences today. And I've got a surprise. <laughs> Edward will be interviewing me for a Passion Harvest episode to be released in the next few weeks. I have no idea the questions he's going to answer, ask me, but I'll be as open and honest as always. This is going to be a really exciting episode. So thank you so much for listening to me today. Much love. Bye for now.